welcome to Baking with House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. So today is actually February 8th, so we're just before Valentine's Day, and that's when we gear up for all the chocolate lovers. I'm going to cover our number one selling quick bread, which is called the chocolate zucchini bread. It really is incredibly moist and delicious, and when I created this recipe, I ended up looking at a few recipes and I basically doubled the amount of vanilla. Um, I also reduced the amount of sugar and increased the amount of cocoa. So you will taste cocoa first in this recipe and then it's definitely sweet. So you're going to taste the sugar too, but you won't taste the zucchini. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but uh, the zucchini really adds a lot of moistness to the loaf and it, it will help the loaf lasts so much longer. I can tell you that if it doesn't sell, we'll put it on the day old rack. And if it doesn't sell there, which I can't even remember the last time that happened, I will take the loaf home and then my husband will take forever and eat the loaf. <laughs> and so I'm surprised at, you know, we're talking like 10 days later. It's, and then I asked him about it and he still said it was good. So I'm just glad that uh, he, enjoys chocolate zucchini as well. And you can have it really as a dessert too, or it's something that's not so terribly sweet that it's good with a morning cup of coffee. And this recipe is going to make two of your standard size quick breads, um, which are basically what I call it. It's like the one pound pans um, that we use. They're kind of smaller than the traditional loaf. Ours are about eight by four inches. And you could also use this in uh, muffin tins. If you wanted to put frosting on top, you could pass this off very easily as a cupcake because um, it, it really is that moist. And then you could frost it or whatever you'd like to do. I'm going to give you some options too. I'm going to give you the recipe that we actually use um, and then talk about some of the options. Quick breads. If you've been listening to this podcast, you probably already know this, but anyway, the Wets and the dries need to be mi mixed completely separate. And then you combine them and then you barely mix them. You can mix the dries for as long as you'd like, but you don't have to mix them, you know, that long. It's not like you're going to develop a gluten content. You're not needing this at all, but you can't over mix it. Okay. So the point is, is that if it's just dries, you're not over mixing it. Or if it's just wet, there's no danger of over mixing it. Keep mixing it when in doubt. But then when you combine them, barely mix them because you want avoid the gluten development. Because the gluten development, it's a structure and it's tougher. So I like my muffins, my, I, my baked goods, your cakes, whatever. I'd like them to be so moist that they kind of almost like melt in your mouth. Um, and it's not a chewy structure that you will have there if you can avoid overmixing it. And for that reason, too, is I like to add in zucchini when at the same time I'm combining both of them. So you do your wets, you do your dries, combine them, throw them in your zucchini, and then go about mixing it. Four eggs to start with and two and a quarter cups of sugar one cup and two tablespoons of canola oil and two tablespoons of vanilla. If you note in this recipe, it does have the sugar in with that. It doesn't really matter a whole lot. You could put it in with the dries too. And, but we end up 
only having so much room in our mixer. <laughs> we do this by um, a machine. Just to give you an idea of the size of our recipe. We're, we're putting in 96 eggs. And by the way, we hand crack all those eggs. We don't use liquid eggs. Anyway, so we can't fit in all the, the dries separately. We do the sugar in there with the wets. Like I said, for you at home, it's optional. And so you're going to mix that and then go ahead and add in what I suggest you do at home. If you're going to use a mixer, just take your dry ingredients, put them in another bowl and, and even a big picture, like if you have a gallon picture, because then you can pour it into the mixer just easier. And if you don't have a mixer, you can certainly do this by hand, but just use a separate bowl for your dries. And that would be two and two thirds cup of flour, your pastry flour, all purpose, cake flour. Those are the type of flours I recommend. If all you have is bread flour, that's okay. And just be extra careful not to overmix it. And then one teaspoon of salt, just regular salt. No big chunky salt. The reason for that is I don't want to have a big salt flavor. And so just finally, just the normal salt that you put on the table. One teaspoon of baking soda and a half a teaspoon of baking powder and three-fourths of a cup of cocoa. And that's unsweetened cocoa. And if you have a sifter at home, then I recommend that you do sift it. And, and the reason why I asked my bakers to use the sifter, because that way I know all the cocoa was broken up. But I have to be honest with you, <laughs> even though I tell them they got to use a sifter, if I end up having to make this, I just put the cocoa in my hands and I rub it in my hands. I mean, it's going to make your hands <laughs> brown, but you just sort of rub it together in your hands and then you make sure it got all broken up. And if you're using your cocoa all the time, um, it's likely not going to get chunky. And But what we find is we get cocoa in... I think it's 40 pound box. And so, but if we get towards the end of the box, it's, it's kind of chunky. And so you just gotta make sure that it gets distributed evenly in your mix. Okay, then you add in two cups of your zucchini that's grated. It's uncooked, right? Keep, it's easier to grate zucchini if it's uncooked. I, actually, I don't even know if it's possible to grate it if it is cooked, but. So you just take your uncooked zucchini, and this is about two medium sized zucchini for this recipe size. And by medium, I mean like the eight inch length zucchini. The other thing about this recipe I can tell you is that if you're a gardener and you happen to have um, those big gigantic zucchini, and it's a summer squash. So if you have to, you can substitute in a little summer squash too. It'll have the same effect as zucchini, but the giant zucchini aren't very good for cooking because the flavor is really bland. But you cannot taste the difference in your baked goods. And I'm actually not a gardener, but I have friends who are farmers. And I made a lot of friends at the farmer's markets because we used to sell our bread at the farmer's markets. And I used to man the booth. This was years ago. But anyway, I still have some contacts with those uh, farmers. And what they'll do is they'll come by and, and give me a lot of the bigger zucchini that they have a hard time selling. And then I'll trade them for a loaf or two of bread. And it's really a good deal for both of us because, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm getting like $25 worth of zucchini if I had to order it from a produce vendor. And then I'm given a couple of loaves of bread, which really cost me about four bucks. And so that's kind of the beauty of bartering and trading in the industry. If you want to add in some chocolate chips, you can. So at the bakery, we don't. 
Um, I think this loaf, quite frankly, has enough of a um, cocoa flavor, but some people cannot get enough chocolate. <laughs> and so if they're one of those types, then you can call this the double chocolate zucchini bread. And what you'd want to do is add in about a cup of chocolate chips. And you want to add it in at the same time you're adding in the zucchini. So you're not over mixing it. So it all gets mixed at the same time. And if you are a zucchini gardener and you've got a boatload of zucchini, and that's one of the reasons that you decided to listen to this podcast is you want to figure out what you're going to do with all that zucchini. Well, you could trade some other bakeries like I talked about before, but you can also use this zucchini later. You just shred it and then you can freeze it. There is a couple things you want to consider when you're talking about freezing zucchini. It is about 90% water by weight. So it's a lot of water in this type of vegetable. And that means whether you slice them, dice them, or shred them, they're going to get soggy and they'll get a little limp when they're frozen. So you just want to set your expectations. So don't expect to have those nice zucchini slices come out of the freezer and thaw and be there for you. It's just going to be a little bit more, um, you know, mushy, I guess, so to speak. And But that's totally fine for baking. And for most freezing of vegetables, I do recommend blanching for a minute, for maybe two minutes. What that does is basically it will destroy the aging enzymes and it will preserve the color and flavor a little bit longer than if you didn't blanch the zucchini. It also extends the shelf life for that reason. So unblanched zucchini will last about three months in the freezer and while blanched zucchini is going to last about six to 12 months. When you do put zucchini in the freezer, I'm talking about zucchini and I'm going to, it's actually true with the loaf too. Um, it's better to double wrap. So I like to put things in a layer of plastic followed by a layer of foil. And the reason why is the plastic prevents the freezer burn while the foil will help keep like the other odors from seeping into the food. And plus you can write on, on uh, tin foil a lot easier than you can plastic. And you can just identify what it is or put the date on or, you know, whatever your system is. And then you can also put the whole entire thing into Tupperware if you'd like. It would be an extra layer of freezer burn protection. And really what that'll do is it'll give you another month in there before you get the freezer burn. I know that's a lot of plastic, so I try to have a general rule for me is if I can use the plastic twice before throwing it out, then at least I've reduced my consumption of plastic in half. I might have a long ways to go, but it's really as hard to, to try to you know, freeze items without using plastic. And the other point before you go about freezing the loaf, you want to make sure it's completely cool. And that's not just for this loaf, it's for all loaves. So if you try to freeze a loaf that's still warm, it's really going to keep releasing that moisture as it cools, right? So that's that steam that comes off the loaf. And you're going to get quite a yucky loaf in there once you go to unwrap it because it's going to be mushy. And that's why I prefer to cool my chocolate zucchini bread loaves on a cooling rack. Um, because if you leave them in the loaf pans, they're going to sweat at the bottom and they're going to get soggy. Now, let's say you don't have a wire rack. If you have extra racks in your oven, you can pull one out in the beginning. All you need is it's like a little bit of air below the loaves. And let's say you don't have that possibility. Well, then let the loaves cool for like 15 minutes in the pan and, and then take them out and just let them sit upside down. This isn't that fragile of a loaf that you it's not going to it's not like a cake where it's going to fall apart on you if you try to put it upside down sometimes. And that way you'll avoid the soggy bottom. 
And then when you go to thaw out your loaf of bread or actually your zucchini, just put it on the counter and it's going to thaw in a few hours. I don't like the refrigerator for thawing breads, period. And the reason why is because the refrigerator is basically a dehydrant and it's going to dry it out. And so there's two processes that go on in the bread decay, so to speak. There's the staling process, um, which is basically dried out bread. And so you're going to increase the staling process by putting bread in the refrigerator. And the second thing that happens is there's a molding process. And so the molding will be delayed if you put it in the refrigerator, but you're going to dry it out. So it might not be moldy, but it's going to be dried baked good. So you want to avoid both. Freezing stops both. And then just let, let it thaw out on the counter. And of course, we would not put it in the microwave. <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't thaw well there. And I'm sure you probably knew that, but I thought I'd just try to add that in there just in case somebody didn't know that. And I can tell you that I think that this loaf, the reason that it is our number one seller, because I have franchises at House of Bread, for whatever reason, chocolate zucchini doesn't sell as well there. And I think it's because they're not sampling it. Um, but we used to sell this loaf at Costco. And I can tell you, it was like we couldn't keep up with the volume because we would be sampling it over there and almost everybody that tried it, buy it, buy it. And the same thing in the bakery. We've got a sample board. And um, so if you do want to try to produce this and sell it at farmer's market or whatever, just cut up some chunks and then allow people to sample it because it will sell. And I can tell you that it's very hard for many people to, re to resist this loaf. I personally happen to like our regular zucchini loaf better. And the reason I like our regular zucchini loaf better because, well, it has no chocolate, so it's a completely different recipe, but it has a lot of more of a texture because we put nuts in it. On that note, if you are at home and you like nuts, then go ahead and add a cup of nuts to this recipe. I tend to avoid adding nuts to items because you bring in this whole nut allergy concern. So not only your customers have nut allergies, but sometimes your staff might. So it brings in an extra layer of, of time in production and in the process, which I just can avoid by not putting in nuts and different types of loaves. And this loaf, like I said, by itself, it, it tastes really good without the added chips or nuts. But, you know, feel free. That's the great thing about home baking. You can bake whatever you want to your own taste and nutritional preferences. And on that note, everybody, until next time, happy Valentine's Day, first of all, because I will be probably recording again and it'll be also Mardi Gras. So Fat Tuesday is on this coming Tuesday. So Valentine's Day is February 14th. Fat Tuesday is on the 16th. And if you want to make a king's cake, I did already have an episode about that. And it was for Three Kings Day, which is kind of the same, same loaf. You just do the colored sugars different on top. So there's a lot of fun baking coming up in the bakery. And I hope you enjoy the season as well. So until next time, happy baking, everyone. Mm -hmm.